0: Hello everybody Whoa. Welcome back. Oh god so cute. That was so dramatic So dramatic I was not expecting it to be that dramatic <laughs> Okay um, Welcome back to season 2 of Fem Collectively We are back with an incredible interview with the band called Satine the duo made up of Ruby and Queenie. Um, but before mm. we get into their fabulous interview about their music, about their life, about their Vintage romance, glamour. Their vintage, um, like everything. Um, we want to talk a little bit about what femme for femme means to us. Yeah, and so. Yeah. We talked about it a lot last season. But I think we
1: specifically talked about like a lot about what it means to us just on a kind of general level with us loving femmes and us like, you know, always having the door open to date femmes if we want to. Um, but we wanted to get more deep into what Femme for Femme can mean to the larger community um, and how we both fit into that and our thoughts um, on that.
0: Um So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, how you hold femmes in your life and like what does it mean for you to like go like to take femme for femme and that idea of like centering femmes Mm -hmm. in regards to dating but like take that and like expand upon that like in just like a broader sense in your life like how does that work for you I'm also really interested in like how your process of like finding that and like navigating to that because Mm -hmm. I think that we're not taught often to, like center femmes and center like yeah labor and like in this way in our lives so I'm really interested to like hear your history of like coming into that and like how you learned to navigate into like centering femmes. Yes. That is, like um so for me I
1: I, pr- I date a lot of different people I date everyone I've dated fems I've dated non-binary folks um trans guys, I've dated a lot of different people and that's it's been a beautiful process but in all of the time I haven't dated people who have centered femme, which is really interesting and and also centering, the centering of femmes hasn't been something that's always been a part of who I am Um, it's only been a part of who I am like, I guess you could say since like 2014, 15 Um, so yeah, for me, um, centering femme looks like first me really centering myself when thinking about like my self love, um, who I am, what I need in love and friendship, um, what I need with family and things like that. Really just centering, um, centering the feminine and centering fem, feminists, um, And for me, that looks like um, being able to be honest and open about my traumas, being able to be my full self and be seen. So that kind of looks like me allowing myself to um, to have a softness about myself and a hardness about myself whenever I need it, like not being scared of you know being silent like a lot of times I'm I'm very quiet I like keep a quiet vibe about me um a lot of the times unless I'm with really close friends who I can like really just kind of chill out and and be myself with um and really be loud with if I feel like it um but not very many people get to see that only like my really close circle gets to see that part of me um but also um centering femme looks like um, paying attention to um, other folks around me and how how they center femme or don't center femme within themselves and really thinking about how to challenge that and so before um, 2014, 2015 I didn't know how to do that and so I went through a lot of things where there was a lot of competition around being a being femme and A lot of, like, oh, I don't, you know, even in the queer community, like, people being like, yeah, I don't really get along with femmes. I, you know, keep a lot of masculinity around me or things like that. And so, like, really finding, um, finding femmes that I could really connect with was hard for me for a while. And then I found, like, a nice circle of friends and was able to be open and honest with them about stuff. I was able to call people out when I felt like that they were, you know, being rude with me in certain ways like reiterating a lot of um toxic masculinity um so basically you know femmes putting other fems against each other in weird ways like especially in dating um or even in holding friendships with um with other fems partners and things like that or even when talking with fems about um that desire to be with another femme, like having people look kind of like, what? No, I would never do that because I would have to be, I would be in competition with my boo all the time. And it's like, but why would you do that? And why do you need to do that? And, you know, where does that come from? Um, So thinking about all of those things, but then still holding, holding those femmes, um, Close and not having like a kind of ousting type of a judgment response, but being more like, okay, I see where you're coming from because I've also been there, but also let's kind of like work through things together. Or, you know, you don't want to work through that. At least you're being honest and, you know, maybe we can't be close friends, but I see you and I love you, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it's looked like for me. Um, and then when, um, when I moved here I found that more and more um as time went by that I my femme friendships grew um like I was surrounding myself with more femmes and I felt more of a um not necessarily a responsibility but I felt myself being more um present um with myself and with my other friends and how I could be there for them. Um, and I also learned a lot of boundary setting from Mm -hmm. the fems that I'm friends with, um, and realizing that boundary setting doesn't have to mean that, you know, I, you know, just can't have you in my life or you can't be this for me, but it's like, no, I'm setting boundaries so that our relationships can stay close and, and also understanding that vice versa, because sometimes that's hard for me to really see someone setting setting these boundaries um, and not taking it as, oh, this person just doesn't want me in their life or this person is trying to take advantage and take control of our connection. No, it's just like, you know, there are people who know how to set boundaries and there are people who don't. And all of us in certain ways may not know how to set boundaries in the right ways for us. But, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that, our friends our lovers and everyone are allowed to set boundaries and and that can be beautiful
0: yeah I think that's really powerful what you said about like boundaries and understanding like when someone's saying no or like when you're saying no it's about you setting what it feels good and what feels healthy Mm -hmm. to you and like taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. and then also understanding like that rejection can be hard and like hearing that no can be hard. And it's not like we can just as a society be like, we're all setting boundaries and boundaries are great and not have the conversation about like, it's going to be hard sometimes to hear somebody's boundary. It's going to be hard sometimes to like hear that no and not make it about you and not internalize it and feel like you are being rejected or you're Mm -hmm. being turned down or this person's being controlling. And it's a constant I mean for me at least it's constant being like okay this person setting their boundary doesn't mean they don't like you it doesn't mean that like they're shutting down your relationship it just means that they are navigating it in the way that feels healthiest for them Mm -hmm. and like whenever somebody sets a boundary with me it's also a nice reminder to myself to be like you also have autonomy in this relationship to set a and boundary. What are your boundaries? What are your yes. boundaries and check in with mm-hmm. yourself and make sure you're make sure you're not keeping them to yourself and that you're being vocal about them. Because I'm that's really so good important. at not being vocal about my boundaries. And yes. like taking carry, like carrying them inside me and like not talking them out loud. So whenever somebody sets a boundary with me, it's like that reminder of like, ooh, right, where am I in this relationship mm-hmm. too? Like I also have autonomy and I have a voice.
1: Yes, and also understanding, especially as femmes, that we we even don't owe, because you know, it's easy for us to say that someone else isn't owed, we don't, you know, we don't owe someone else, a stranger or an acquaintance, our time and our labor. But it's also important to note that even with those who are close to us, we don't, owe them that constantly all the time we don't always have to be on for the people in our lives um and it's so hard to do that especially with people who are close to you that you love so much but it's it's important for us to like actually set you know set boundaries in our friendships and relationships and also like even checking in with each other about like hey what what are the boundaries that you set with yourself and then thinking about oh how can we bring those outward like thinking about um thinking about femship in that way is is really something that's really important to me and I've been thinking about it so much especially since all of the retrogrades have started I've been thinking hard about um what it means to really nurture the the friendships that I already have and I've actually closed myself off from adding new friendships into my life um I've you know kind of committed to um I've committed to only nurturing my close friendships Mm -hmm. right now because I feel like, in a way, um, after I got a reading by High Moon Femme, by the way, who I love so much. We both love her so much. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a lot about how this was... She did the reading for me, I think, back in May, April, May, something like that. Um, and, and so she told me in the upcoming months, um, I would have to, you know, really, um, let myself relax into being taken care of. And I saw that happen so much with a lot of the friends and people close to me. And so I, you know, kind of made the commitment. I was like, Hey, you know what? I want to make the commitment to be open and be there, um, for my friends because, you know, living here in New York City and knowing me, I need a lot of alone time. I know that, you know, for me, my time spent needs to also be, you know, with my friends and making sure that I, n- that I nurture those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but also realizing what boundaries I have around all of that and also respecting the boundaries that my friends may have mm-hmm. um, and keeping and keeping that In mind. Yeah. 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 I think that's really important. So, what about you, Corinne? What about um, how Femme for Femme, like your journey around that in your life? And, like, what what did it mean to you um, earlier in your life? Like, when you came out, did it mean something to you? Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to you now? And how do you, like, work um, to keep? those values like a part of your life
0: yeah I think so when I first came out my first relationship was with another femme and so for me like my introduction into femme for femme was very based around like being in a relationship with another femme and like the ways that we were read to the world and um just like a lot of the the different issues that we faced because we were too like, from mm-hmm. presenting
2: mm-hmm. people
0: and, like, to present from presenting women in a relationship, like, a lot of shit that we got, like, when we were young, we were, like, she was in college and I was mm-hmm. just out of college, so, like, a lot of, like, college dude bros being like, oh my god, just make out for Oh, so for you, were, us. you were, older than her? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it was just like, make out for us, oh my god, it's just two hot women, like, for our entertainment, kind of, like, bullshit. I right? can't imagine that, because oh yeah yeah so that was kind of my introduction to femme for femme mm-hmm. I didn't to be honest that my queer community when I first came out was very small and mm-hmm. so like my queer community in my age group and like my peer group mm-hmm. was really my girlfriend and like maybe one or two other people and right. then it was a lot of older fans okay. um who really kind of like were mentors to me mm-hmm. and um and, like, one of the first issues that I dealt with, with, like, working at the LGBTQ Community Center was, like, the one of the women's groups being really transphobic. Um, mm. It was, like, old-school dykes, cis mm-hmm. lesbians who were, were being really transphobic to the trans women who wanted to be in the group. And it was mostly older women, like 60-plus. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of, like, my first navigation into, like understanding the ways in which femme is expansive even beyond like cis womanhood because I to be honest like I didn't really understand trans issues like I didn't really Mm -hmm. understand like the ways in which like femme could be an identity for people of any gender identity. Yeah. So that was really um beautiful thing to like work through that group and like work with these older lesbians on, like, hey, this is a space for, like, if it's a women's group, it's this a, space a space for, for all women. All women. And, and, like, you can't not exclude That's women. amazing,
1: too, to think about because when you think about, like, generational, like, our generational community, like, mm-hmm. our older um, queer women yeah. and younger queer women, like, so often it's thought that, you know, you just let them do that because they're older right. or there's like this, like these excuses and whatnot right. that people make because someone's older and maybe they don't have the language, but it's like, no, like yeah. you have to make space and also know like trans women have been around forever right.
0: Well, and also, so no... and also not like I wasn't like an amazing activist or anything. Yeah, it was my job. And like, also it, was actually, it was actually yeah, like I was just working at the Hudson Valley LGBTQ yes. Center. It was I was like a programs manager. I was in charge of mm-hmm. all of these community groups, meaning I was in charge of the women's group. Mm-hmm. We shut it down temporarily until, Because of that. until we figured it out and made it a safe space for everyone. And we lost a few women and then they went and had their transphobic women's group at home.
3: And, and they're all fine. living rooms. And,
0: and that's you fine. You know what? They kept well, their transphobia contained to their living room.
4: <laughs> yes. And then
0: we had a safe women's group. A safe but women's it took space, yeah. Like a, a couple months. And like, so it wasn't by any means like being like, uh, like doing anything amazing. Like it was my no, job. But activism pass, is you know? But activism isn't amazing.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it's like, just, it daily just is. things. Well, and activism is your daily yeah. thing. Yeah. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. we think that. Act, being an activist involves like this, this practice, this thing that you're doing every day, and and like actually going out and doing marches. But mm-hmm. activism, that that's a part of activism. Yeah,
0: for sure. um, and I love that. Yeah. Wow. But I think like more recently, in what you were speaking about, that like mm-hmm. really spoke to me, and like, I guess something that has been like a journey for me. And, like, something that we've talked about in our mm-hmm. personal friendship has been around, like, um, navigating, like, the ways in which we're told to be catty from the patriarchy oh and, like, God. undoing that. Um, and so that's something I started to learn, actually, mm-hmm. through the first solid group of some ships that I had and that I made, and then I still have friendships from in the city mm-hmm. was actually through this group. Called Queer Cruising, and when it was like first started on Facebook, and it only had like a couple hundred members. Are you talking
1: about the Queer Cruising group I mean, that, yeah. that we're both a part of? Yes. And that's what it was. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: So When Tell Queer more. Cruising started, it was actually really amazing, and it's yeah. kind of devolved a little oh, it's bit. It's horrible now. It's really not good. It's horrible now. But when it first started, there's just too many members now. Anyways, whenever I started, <laughs> there was only like a couple hundred members, and like a friend of mine added me. And there was this thing that was called Femme Friday. Mm. And every Friday, a femme would post a selfie and say, like, Femme Friday thread, like, femme appreciation, yes. and, like, femmes would post photos or affirmations yes. or different things in this thread and, like, would comment and be like, oh, my God. Da, da, da. And it was so beautiful and so empowering. And through that thread I actually met so many friends like yes. so many people and connected with them offline and like met them in, in real life and like just and I'm still friends with so many of them today and that I think was a really pivotal moment for me in centering femness and fem energy and resisting against these norms that we're told that we like can't come together in our, like, power Mm -hmm. and, like, not only, like, be, like, look at me and the work that I'm doing and, like, the things that I'm doing with my life but also, like, uplifting others with us and, like, bringing, like, up all these femmes with us and, like, also kind of what you were talking about and, like, holding each other accountable and having those tough conversations with our femmes, right? And so I think that was my first learning curve of, like, Oh wow, I actually before that wasn't intentionally centering femness in my life in a well, way that it's... wasn't just about like like cattiness or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that I... was that was pivotal for me.
1: That's really important too because I feel like we always kind of even when like at least with my first experiences and coming out and thinking about feminist, um it was kind of in a way where certain people kind of glorified that, like, femme competition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in certain in certain aspects, especially when it's consensual, I like, um, I like thinking about ways in which, because it, it's something that does good for me. Like, if a femme is like, oh my gosh, come on, you need to be, like, way more confident about this or something like that, and they're like... I bet you I could get this person. I know you could do it. Don't make me do it. You know, like, yeah. cute stuff like that. Like, being being there for your friends in ways where you have, like like, consensual competition yeah. and things like that. But I think that when around the time when I first came out, it was literally, like, You know, like when you go out to the bar and it's like the femmes are out doing their thing. Like we're Mm -hmm. all like dancing and being cute with each other. And then the, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like the masked folks just like watching and trying to figure out like who is going to, you know, like that annoying shit. And I, I, I don't like that. And I think when I moved here to New York, that's when I first, you know, felt like a safeness, I guess, in going out where I could just go out and do whatever the hell I wanted to, dance with whoever I wanted to, and I didn't feel like that, you know, that competition. It doesn't so much happen now. Like, going out kind of sucks now, again, because people just don't dance. But, yeah, I, I think that thinking about feminist beyond just the cattiness that we can have with each other and also what that cattiness means like being like it's okay to be catty in certain ways and thinking about who to be catty with Mm -hmm. and maybe not even catty but being like don't fuck with me Mm -hmm. you know like recognizing like boundary spaces that can be set Mm -hmm. um and not seeing that as cattiness but seeing that as a femme being like I don't owe you my kindness.
0: And also being able to see another femme step into their power Uh and not feel like it's like a competition game. For someone to come into their power. Exactly. Like actually seeing these femmes step into their power and be Mm -hmm. like, Mm, I see you, you're setting boundaries, you're doing the work, you're coming into your power and like I affirm that and I'm not intimidated by it because I think that so often. Or being honest
1: if you are intimidated by it, Mm, especially with like close friends Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, I'm intimidated by this and having a conversation Mm. about why someone might be intimidated about it. Like not being afraid to admit our feelings to each other and also knowing that we have a safe space with each other to talk about it. Right. Because I think for me it's important when a film tells, like if a film tells me, yo, like, I love where you are and what you're doing. And in a lot of ways, it's scary to me, or it's this to me. And then just being able to have that conversation with someone about, oh, what scares you about it? Because, you know, oftentimes when we're scared of something in ourselves, it's already there. Maybe our our friends might see it, but we just don't talk to each other about it.
0: Mm. Yes. To me, like, a lot of femme energy Mm -hmm. is, like, Re understanding the ways in which we exist in the world because the way that we exist in the world is a patriarchy. So, like, yeah. it's centering masculinity and it's always revolving around masculinity and usually revolving around cis men. Yes. And so, I think that whenever we're relearning and re navigating, like, redefining, like, whenever we're kind of like twisting the way that life happens on its head and mm-hmm. just like kind of recreating it for the way that it works for us I think that that is about femme power in a way and I think that that is a way that people can reclaim the femme side of themselves even if they aren't outwardly femme expressing yes because you are in an act resisting against the patriarchy you are in an act resisting against men when you're talking about like navigating these boundaries and navigating like centering current friendships and friend loves and like also trying to find time for yourself like that is something that we're not taught to do in this society right. and it's so, like you are creating this system from scratch mm-hmm. and you're creating it in a way that works for you but also holds the people that you love dearly so I think that that is in a way like empowering you your femme Yes. And it is, like, that for everyone, whether or not they identify as femme or not. So I think that is really about, like, centering femme identity and femme energy and, like, understanding the ways in which we we all carry like multiplicities and it doesn't you can still present masculine you can still identify as masculine yes you can identify as non-binary you can identify not femme at all and not masculine at all and still hold these energies in Mm -hmm. you um and still feel some sort of connection to them even if you don't even if it's not an identity for you. Right. Which is totally fine. Like you don't have to hold you don't the have identity. To identi- yes. And to still hold that identity into and to, and, or to still hold the energy you don't have to have the identity mm-hmm. of Femme but you can still hold the energy and still, like, feel your feminist and, like, yes. feel empowered in that, which I think is really beautiful.
1: Yeah, well, and it's, like—and it's really, really important, too, because when thinking about how to be an ally to two femmes and how we can also be allies to each other and also recognizing our privileges and things like that within even being fem— um, I think that it's um it's important for us to all like hold that to hold femme like at the center even mm. if it's not yeah part yeah. of our identities because um, it helps our relationships kind of be more um helps our relationships be more full
0: mm. so are we mm. ready i think we are ready we're ready all right well this is a really beautiful interview and if you're not already following Satine, get on it because their music is amazing. Their outfits are fabulous. And they also have so much important <sighs> things to say and so to share with So many important
1: things to share. We love them yes. and we love their energy. And we hope you do too. Yes. Yes. Bye, love. Bye. So, so today we're with Satine
0: with... Um, can you start by, what are your full names? Or what names, like, are your
4: performance So many names. names. Yeah. Have I have mean, so many names. I know, names. I'm a little confused. I'm like, there's oh, yeah. Queenie Ruby. Let's get some clarification. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I am Queenie, okay. also known as Miss Queen Satine. Okay. Also known as Queen Satine. Yes. yes. Wow. Also
3: known as just Satine. So also like, known as sometimes just is, Satine. Which is okay. inaccurate.
4: Which we want to... We want to dispel the notion yeah, that straight. that me, the cisgender counterpart of this mm-hmm. band, is called Sateen because Sateen is the two of us together. Yes. Uh,
3: okay. Yeah. And you're and so you're the vocalist. Uh,
4: yes, mm-hmm. I'm a singer and Sateen. singer. Yes, singer. Yes.
3: <laughs> and uh, my name is Exquisite. And, um, that's my performer name, but my my name name is Ruby. So, uh, I always tell people they can say, they can call me whatever they want. But, um, if it's, like, the day and I'm not... Wearing something with lots of sequins is probably, mm-hmm. Ruby is ruby probably ruby the way
1: is. It is. Oh, okay. yeah go. So. Yeah, if you have on sequins. Then
3: exquisite, exquisite, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the lashes exceed one inch, then <laughs> we're in exquisite okay. territory. Uh, okay, we, cool.
1: we were talking about how... Because I was like, well, I'm going to get cute and dressed up for them because... They always look so pretty. Yeah. And we, like, I was like, oh, I don't have time to go by my house. I know. I was, like, you was like, I left like, my house at 6.30, no, no, this is a look, to, though. But, I like, I like, it's the it yeah. <laughs> I want like to be cute and really dressy. Yeah. You are, yeah. though. We always,
4: like, in our shows, the mm-hmm. last song we always do is our song called Give a Look. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't matter what look you come in yes. to the show. Like, you have to give a look. And you have to, we're like, mm-hmm. make a runway with your bodies. And everyone And the audience has to walk down the runway, like, no matter what you're wearing, it's a look. It's the look of the moment. It always comes
3: up. And honestly, the most fabulous people are sometimes people that are just dressed like chill, whatever, Mm -hmm. also coming from work, but then... When they get put in that runway, they twirl around, they drop to the ground, they death drop, Ooh, they yes. start voguing, and it's like crazy because you just you would you never just, think would never they, they were not yes. in a look before they started moving. <laughs> okay. But
4: that, yeah, but once you start the, moving.
3: in motion, it all becomes death a
4: lot. drop, yeah. also known as a dip. Actually, that's the technical term yes. in the, the vogue community. Yes. The dip, yes. okay, yes. the dip. Yes. But it. Death Drop is like the drag race, like lingo version of
0: it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, even tonight you're wearing like matching looks. It's
4: amazing. Yay. Our and day. Actually, like, is, like, I really love it. This is like our day moment. Like, when we're, we try to get things that match or we try to have thing, a lot of things in our closet well, that we coordinate. We so. have an
3: extensive wardrobe. We do. We do <laughs> love clothing. <laughs> We closet. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's actually an annoyingly valid question. <laughs> <laughs> we do have oh about God. we do have about four yes. cl- spaces, yes. I love but this. then yes. also there's like two garment racks on top.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. This the sprawl and, is real. Yes, yeah. me of me. I have tons of. Current will tell you. Current has to come mm-hmm. over to my house like every few months, and we have to. Purge because I have like, it, especially now at my new spot, I have like a huge walk in closet that has like storage space above, and then I have two separate, like, side closets that have shelves. And then I have a storage bed, like, that has tons of drawers. And I'm just like, yeah, all of my... It's important. And it ends yeah. up,
3: like, within a month, you're like, oh, shit, I have nowhere to put anything. I mean, <laughs> and you're like, wait, no. I know, I Like, know. I gotta Honestly, get rid of it. It's so.
4: called a thrifting addiction. Yeah, yeah I do. I have a really bad thrifting
1: addiction. And I'm like, but I love these things. They're so beautiful. And now
0: I'm, like, trying to, like, collect... Get lingerie. a Depop. Yeah. A Depop. Yep, yeah. Depop. I'm not paid to say this,
3: but... <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. sell so like your stuff
4: online.
1: It's
3: cute. Um, it supports the addiction. So. I, yeah, <laughs> and I don't really,
1: I don't have, I don't always have patience for it. But I think that now, like, I'm like, oh yeah, I can like take pictures of things, post them, and just let them. Yeah, I should do that. Mm-hmm.
3: We're pro purge for sure. Yes. I mean, sometimes you regret it, but you just gotta make your your decisions. <laughs> live do. with it. it's hard to
4: purge like iconic. Like vintage wow. designer pieces. So that, like, that you're like, wait, but like, if one, if I didn't eat for like a week, I was fit. I, like, I, like, I love yes. this ass. Like, how do I like?
3: No, I hate this thinking. Oh. This logic is bad.
4: It's- I know. I
0: know it is, but that- like all of them stuff like that. and like give them to someone
3: who like that's what we do we're know. like wait you look really skinny like I think I have a <laughs> pair of pants for you like yeah. that's what we do yeah.
4: we're like you're
3: tiny wait <laughs> wait here yes, I'm giving Corinne a lot of stuff because <laughs> I'm
1: like oh my boobs
3: are huge now <laughs> yeah take this please take don't wear it when I'm around because <laughs> yeah.
0: I oh, like hate you. Actually, she gave me a pair of shorts once, and then the su- in the summer, like a few months later, I wore them. And She was like, Oh my god, I love those shorts! I I, think I have a pair just like that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, They're you yours, they're yours. You're like, do you like, not um, remember. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you gave them
3: away. Oh I'm so-, <laughs> so philanthropic. It's I just so can't keep track of
1: it. I can't. I'm always just like, Oh, you look cute. That's a cute
4: offer. I have something like that. I do that with a lot of my friends, they're you know, <laughs> yeah. like.
3: No, you don't. You (laughs) you
4: don't
3: have to have more. I really want to wear that shit. Well, it's good that you, like, don't even
4: remember because, like, I remember every single piece I give someone, and, like, if I see that piece in Beacon's closet or something, I'm like, bitch, why did you see the thing that I gave to you? Like, that was special. Okay. That's so mean. (laughs) If
1: you want to sell it, just give it back to me.
3: Worst is when you see the person working at Beacon's Closet wearing the
0: thing Ooh, <laughs> and
3: then you're like I've never no. seen that,
1: but if i seen that I'm, so, that's, I'm that's when <laughs>
3: real regrets start to settle in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the energy you like to put out into the world? Just in general or
4: specifically. Yeah. So we are a band called Sateen and through our music and through our performances, we just love to bring a positive inclusive energy to whether you're listening to us or coming to see us perform that's always our goal is to just keep it positive um keep it inclusive and like high femme goddess energy and like flowing through it
3: and like we should say too that um first of all we're a couple we're, we consider ourselves in a lesbian relationship. Yeah. She identifies as pansexual, and I do identify as a lesbian. Um, but I'm also trans too. So we have sort of, um, pretty involved, uh, just identities. Yes. And so I think we always try to really put those at the forefront of what we're doing. We're not. We're not trying to be really successful musicians per se Mm -hmm. unless it's within the terms of that you understand that i'm trans Mm -hmm. that we're gay and that that's the agenda that we're putting forward above all else
4: yeah yeah we never want to water down who we are or our truth to you know fit into some sort of pop music kind of mold yeah
1: yeah, Never. and I feel
4: like now it's so easy to like distribute the music yourself, mm-hmm. to be in control of your image, right, and, and not you,
1: have people telling you what you need to do. Or, exactly, downplay this and uh-huh. upplay that. Yeah, no,
4: exactly.
1: No, no, this like this is who we are. We're gonna be it to the fullest. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and for, if you don't like it, oh, well, you can
3: just yeah, choke yeah. It. find another right. artist. Yeah. That you for, like, the you with. for the
4: longest time. People wanted like just me to be the center of it they wanted me to be sateen and to be the only like face of what we do Mm -hmm. and i feel like it was hard for them to understand um like that she makes and produces all of our music that we write all the songs Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. like the lyrics are like we don't even know who wrote what at what point like we are like that involved in it so Mm -hmm. and and now that she's like come out as a trans woman in these past couple of years and really stepped into her own as a trans woman, like, I feel like it's shifted and we're right. like, hi, this is who, this we, is are. who like, we are. Like, you can't water us down. You can't just pick one of us to, like, center. Right. We're both the center. Yes.
1: yes. And that's beautiful. I mean, well, because when you're, like, when you're lovers and you create together, it's like you, you can't separate the two. That's not it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense. Like as, as artists, like individual artists yourself, like that doesn't make sense. But as even, I don't know, as someone who like would want to like, um, I guess when thinking about how people would look at marketing, both, both of you together, it's like, it wouldn't make sense to have it like split apart that, like that wouldn't make sense to me. That would just,
3: yeah. I guess. And that, and that was very much by design. Mm -hmm. I think that we were like, Um, it's really important for us to to exist
0: as a Mm -hmm. couple. Yeah, Yeah, that's so important. And I love the way you, like, integrate that throughout. Like, you know, like I've seen on your Instagram posts about, like, supporting other trans women who are, like, going through processes where they might need financial support, and, like, there's their campaign, and, like, donate, Mm -hmm. and, like, using your platform to be, like, yes, this is who we are, and if you support us, then, like, here's a whole community you can also uplift and support. And I think that that's so powerful to be able to use you, like, your platform for, like, what you love producing, but also, like, really being a part of that community. Mm. So beautiful. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I think, you know, a big part of that is, like, with our Instagram, you know, we've built up a pretty big following, Mm -hmm. but um, at the same time, you know, we treat it like it's just our friends or whatever, yeah. and I think all of our friends that we know that live in Brooklyn, a lot of them, you mm-hmm. two probably know, do the same exact things, and so we're just, yeah. we don't consider ourselves an exception yeah. just because we have a bunch of followers right. or whatever, and, like, honestly, its it doesn't even matter because...
1: Well, Exactly. Yeah. Well,
3: proportionally, the same amount of people are probably <laughs> paying attention. Like, yes. you know, yeah. we just have like fifty thousand people that are not listening to us. <laughs> yeah, so. no,
1: yeah. I think about like, um, I think about that a lot with even with my friends who may have lots and lots of followers. We always have this conversation about like, you know, do people really see us as us? Or you know, these people have like an like an idealized version of like someone is based off of followers it's like that doesn't matter like it's like people are people and it's all about community and like understanding what that means and even knowing that like a lot of like the following that you may have like creating a community around that like through social media having like a like real connection with people
4: is really important Mm -hmm. we always like to keep the dialogue open you know Mm -hmm. especially with live it's a great way of like connecting Mm -hmm. with people Yeah, yeah and like just like tonight we went on live for a while and just...
3: Vented. Vented oh, yeah.
4: about... Oh my god. About the whole RuPaul like oh, god. trans-exclusionary yeah, problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mind if we pause for a second? I have to go to yeah, yeah. Really fine. the Yeah, come on. No, I'm good. I have
0: to go to Saturday. Oh, yes. Yay. So you talked a little bit about like femme goddess energy and like high femme energy and... I totally get that, like, from your looks, from everything you put out. Can you talk a little bit about what femme <laughs> means to you and, like, your journey around femme?
3: Um, I mean, I think for us, uh, we, we always think about femme in terms of, it's, it's another polarity in a weird way, mm-hmm. because... Femme is not, it's not necessarily gender. Mm-hmm. It's more like an identity where it's like you're femme or you're butch or like you're somewhere in between and then that becomes a spectrum itself. And so I think for us, we really relate to that because we do consider ourselves far on the spectrum of being femmes. We consider ourselves like high femme. Yes. And and we understand that being in a relationship together uh it's almost more confusing that we're both them mm, rather cool. than for
4: other people or for for me? other people yes.
3: not for mm-hmm. i mean for yeah, us of
4: course we, not for you all yeah. nobody <laughs> perceives no one in like outside like perceives us as like being in a relationship together yeah. they think we're like roommates or friends all right because no
1: one because gal pals.
4: because can't can't yeah. be in yeah.
1: a relationship with each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. My ex-girlfriend she's like very high femme and yeah, we got a lot of looks and a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Like you're just
0: yeah, besties, mm-hmm. you're just like really close friends. Like it's, it's like a sex like,
4: in the city fantasy when we okay. like actually know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Like yeah. Samantha no, and the Carrie
4: are like actually like in a queer relationship. Yes. yes. Like turn the tables. Mm-hmm. Like come to find out.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's so important in talking about like femme for femme relationships because even when we're like so out about it and being like in kind of like in your face about it, people are mm-hmm. still like can't even fathom that there would be that. They don't that understand dynamic.
1: how that energy works. Right. And I'm like, no, you, who cares? You don't have to understand it. Like yeah. this is like love can happen in so many ways. So and our relationship
4: so cool. is very like a mirror. We're both Virgos, we're both high femmes. So, it's, so, like, our relationship <laughs> is very, color. it's, like, a theme throughout mm-hmm. our relationship is that, like, we really mirror each other and, like, parrot each other. And- mm-hmm.
1: I feel that that's the thing, though, with, with um, Virgo energy, too, though. Like, um, um, this person I'm dating right now, that um, we both, our Venuses are in Virgo. And it's, like, there's, like, a mirror situation there. Yeah, uh, Virgo energy is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good.
3: We like it. Yeah, Su- it, it suits us. I think it suits certain people. Mm-hmm. Some people are really like, oh, I can't
2: take you. But I get
3: it. I'm like, I get oh it. I kind of can't stand it. myself. So well.
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but um, but yeah, getting back to that, I think that you know, ultimately, I do. I do think whenever you're looking at something that is a polarity, mm-hmm. it's just like. You know, it's convenient shorthand to say, like, oh, well, we're femmes or whatever. But I do wow. think it's it's the kind of thing that um, it, it can be problematic in that your perception of somebody being femme or being butch or something, um, it's so contingent upon your belief of sort of what that means. And mm-hmm. I just... I'm so for, like, redefining what femme is and re- and reasserting things, like, I'm trans, Mm -hmm. uh, I do consider myself femme, but, like, I still also, like, retain many things from my experience of living as another gender, Mm -hmm. and, like, it, it informs everything that I do, and, like, when I was identifying as male, I still think in retrospect that I was a femme the whole time, you yes, know? Like one hundred percent. Yeah,
1: I f- you I feel like we carry a lot of energies with us even throughout like whether our gender flows too like we we still carry like I feel like especially with femmes like it's like no we've always had that energy with us even through all that. And it's beautiful to be able to like honor like the past parts of ourselves in the present. Yeah, yes. totally. Mm-hmm.
3: And seeing that your identity is way more like it's both really fluid but also consistent despite really big changes. Yes. Yeah. Um yes. but but I'm so I'm just like all for kind of like I love the concept and I think we both really do yes. identify with like a female centric everything like yes. yeah. All the and like all the cultural sort of learned things like pink is like female and like we're like, Well, I like pink, so that's like so fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like and I'm <laughs> chill. But like I really do think that we have a lot of work to do in just expanding what can be femme, what people could perceive mm-hmm. like a trans cis femme couple. Mm. I just I, I don't think that it's so unusual. I just think it hasn't there hasn't been a lot of good examples yet. Yeah. And so we're just like out there wanting to create that kind of that landmark of like oh here's an example if you're young Mm -hmm. and you're trans and you want to be with another femme identifying person and you you both want to yeah that's like that's fine but, yeah, it's so much about, like, the polarity of, like, okay, well, if you're a femme, then you need a butch. Like, yes. you need to be mm-hmm. with a butch. Like,
1: always. Like, they're always, oh, you have to be, you have to balance out that yeah. energy. Who's the man like, and who's the, the woman? On. Yeah, they right. oh, go. we're, we're both fucking, fucking who's women. Who's going to
4: be the man? Who's going to be the girl? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, that, it's the
1: is that necessary? Room. But like, also, my for me, I don't even, I don't know, I feel like we get so caught up in that where... Because for me, even whether I'm dating someone who's more masculine or if I'm dating another femme, whatever, I don't get into the who's the man in the relationship and who's the woman. I feel like we all carry, like, so many different energies in us. Yeah. And I feel like... Exactly.
3: Outwardly, Mm -hmm. you could be one thing. Yes. But, like, in, you know... Your inner
0: energy.
1: Yeah.
3: in In your more tender, intimate moments that person who seems so butch and so, like, masked mm-hmm. could be yes. completely, like, showing all the, okay. the, you know, femme tropes or whatever yes. people consider to be them. Yes. They show that way more. And you're like, actually, I'm, like, kind of, like, way more, like, you know, like, rock and, like,
2: yeah. frigid
3: mm-hmm. than you are, yeah. even. Right. And, like, I'm supposed to be, but, like, just because I like dresses, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah. So I think we're just, like... You can't be everything to everyone, but like for us we're like we can be this one really specific thing right. and just create a shining example of that for young people who might identify that way. And that's like what how we see ourselves fitting into it. But um but like everything, you know, we're all just like growing and learning and those Terms are, like, always going to be problematic and stuff. But I, mm-hmm. I think that we're... We just want to expand it out. Yeah. Like and it what could be. it mean? What yeah. could
1: it mean? Like, how how does each individual person, like, vibe with that? And, mm-hmm. like, what does it look like? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. we were talking about, like, redefining, like, um... Like, femme and butch and all of these terms that we use to describe ourselves. So, um... What do you all think about how femme fits into like the larger queer and trans community, and like how like how has it evolved like where has it come from, and like where is it going and um and yeah, I think that you all kind of from what you all have talked about, like you all kind of take it to a new level too with with your music, with what you create so. What are your thoughts on it?
3: I think, I mean, I think for us, we make it a central theme of our music yes.
1: mm-hmm. to like
3: write about explicitly if you identify in any way as femme. Mm-hmm. And we, and also that's not explicit is if you're assigned a certain gender at right, birth right, or right. if you identify as a certain gender, it doesn't make you a femme or not. Right. So we make that very clear. Yes. But we do use, we do invoke, like, a man as kind of a symbol of sort of something to stand against. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Sure. Yes. But, but it's not, but it's never, like, um, oh, men are terrible. But it's yeah. more like, listen, you don't need a man. Yeah, We say, like, you don't mm-hmm. need no man. You, yeah, you know.
4: well, on our last EP that we put out um, back in November, we we have the song Finer Things, and it's basically, like, anti-femme-shaming. Mm. Yes. Like, anti- people shaming you for the finer things. Glam-shaming. Glam-shaming. Yes. Femme-shaming. And
1: all the pretty things, like, things that are beautiful, like, like, I don't know, like, pinks and lace and frills and all of these yeah. beautiful things that were taught that, like, oh,
4: you're being
0: too
1: And extra. makeup. Like, like, like okay. yes. how,
4: like, That's- so still so many people and I feel like there's such a, like, divide in what people are doing with makeup now. Mm-hmm. There's, like, there's such a polarity, which, as, like, a, growing up as a cis girl, like, mm-hmm. you are shamed for how much makeup you wear. Yes. And, obviously, like, as a trans woman, it's the same it's, exact... Yeah, it's a lot part.
3: worse, to be honest. Yeah. If you wear worse. any fucking makeup, then... Yes. Oh, um, girl,
4: what are you doing? So, yeah, finer things. Our song is about femme shaming, so... Yeah. Even or,
0: in the queer community, that's so real. The femme oh, shaming yeah. that happens, and, like, even, like, the parties that, like take a stance against fem- like it's just so much there's so much yeah the circuit parties in, totally like f- like shaming femmes not accepting femme for femme relationships as something valid or real which is yeah like, how like, using so it as
1: something up. to like laugh at or make fun right. of and be like oh that's cute and hot but that's you know that's it it's right. like it's not a serious thing it's right. like a like, I don't know, something to be consumed Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, that I noticed with like femme relationships and even close femme friendships too. all of that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So you do a lot of creative work. So where do you go when you're feeling like depleted for inspiration or for like rejuvenation?
4: I feel like we were very, like, home-centric. We mm. we stay home a lot of the time. And we... Sateen is, like, our only job. Doing the music is our only job. Mm-hmm. And performing is... And sometimes doing some, like, nightlife hosting is our only, like, gig, kind of. Okay. So we're always home, making music at home. Mm. It's all recorded at home. So, like... Recently, I've been super, like... R- like... I felt it super cathartic to go back and watch documentaries about like trans and queer femmes and like drag throughout history mm-hmm. and like just like educating myself because I'm such a reference queen. Yes. Like I love my references, I love my documentaries, and I just love like obviously like well, the past. History. Right.
1: And like creating that archive for yourself, like having a library to, uh, of information to go back to. And it's good, like I feel like things like that are good to like create, like, inspiration within you to, like, make new, like, make new music or make your craft whatever Exactly. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we just basically, if we feel like we hit a wall, Mm -hmm. then we just listen to music Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. like Queenie was saying, we watch all this archival footage of all, like, old drag queens and, like, you know, which... Let's be honest. A drag queen twenty years ago was a trans woman, yeah. by and yeah, large. Sure. So that's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about like, you know, cisgender. So yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. That's not the yeah. history we're interested in. Absolutely. Right. I mean, sometimes, but yeah. um. But yeah, if we're if we feel depleted, we just do some research, and it it's ne- we've never hit a point where we've really been like, oh, what do we do? I th- I think that everybody who is creative. It's, like, maybe less happy with what they're doing at a certain time. Like, you're less satisfied. Like, I'm not hitting the mark. Right. But but for us, it's never, like, we don't know what to do or what to say. Right. We always have something to say.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love that. Can you tell us a little about, like... What came first, creating music together and like performing together, or your like romantic relationship? How did y'all meet? I love hearing stories of how couples in that
4: <laughs> well we we both have been musicians for long before like we yeah. started making music with each other, so um yeah,
0: so you both were creating music
4: we yeah we were both making music for a long, she'd been making music for a long time
3: just because I'm an older girl.
4: I've been making music for a long time and um I was like between projects sort of and I wanted to do something new, something like that was inspired by like older music. More like we were into new wave then, but like I put out an okay cupid like bio and I was like, Hey, so if you like X, Y, and Z music, like Mm -hmm. reach out to me if you're a producer or like a musician and you want to collaborate on something, Mm -hmm. but like if you want to, I had just gotten out of a relationship, (laughs) so I was like if you want to hook up, if you want to date, or if you want to whatever, like please don't reach out to me, I'm really just here randomly (laughs) to to find someone to collaborate with, and and she reached (laughs) out to me.
3: I, I was working, I was working at a law office as a paralegal, okay. which was, a, but yeah, so I was working in a law office and I was kind of just like, uh, I was really having a rough time. You're a paralegal. Yeah. And, um, so like I'm working in this law office and that was one of the things like I would go on OkCupid mm-hmm. and like, honestly. I had maybe dated, like, two people from there. And it was just so... It was, like, Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) because it's so
1: hard. Online (laughs) dating is so difficult. I... mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have Mm -hmm. such a hard time with it. I mean, I like... I like um, the idea of, like... Like, using Instagram or Facebook and messaging people and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, actual dating platforms are always really hard for me to navigate.
3: (laughs) And and so I was like, oh, work. Like, actually, that sounds kind of cute. Like, I would rather, like, I and I was using it at that point, too, to try and find other music collaborators. Mm. And so I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's, like, what I want. And so... I messaged her, and we met, like, that same day or, like, the next day, like, immediately. And um, we were, like, okay, cute, like, let's start working. And so we started making music together, like, right away. And we were platonic. We were friends for, like, a little while.
4: Like a month.
3: It didn't last. <laughs> so, yeah, because yes. we knew. Cause we knew cause yeah. And then like... we,
4: made, we made out and had sex, and then we were, like, moved into with each other yeah. the next day. Oh, my yeah, God. I <laughs> so we had
3: sex so when crazy. I was there the next day with my bags. Like, well, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never leaving. i yeah.
2: And it actually
3: is true. Like, we literally have... I oh. I said, you went to your cousin's wedding for, like, three days. But other we than that, remember. that was like we've been
4: inseparable for, for five years, years. we spent every hour every day with each other <laughs> for like five
3: years, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah, so it just the two really just clicked right away, mm-hmm. and um,
0: that's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's
0: amazing. Uh, yes. Can you talk a little bit about like, um, your performance life and, like, do you have any, like, rituals to get ready for your performances or anything like that?
4: Honestly, like, I mean, I always warm up my voice. We always, when we have a performance, we're always rehearsing Mm -hmm. nonstop Mm -hmm. just because we are Virgos and it just gives us the peace of mind to be, like, thorough. To have everything. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And we... Do our makeup yeah. before.
3: Yeah, that's the big right. ritual. That's is the like ritual. When yes. we, whenever we perform, we will not go on stage yes. unless we feel like we're really embodying the showgirls that we mm-hmm. want to see on stage. Uh, and, yes. and that takes like three or four hours. Yeah. 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 So no, it's like a big... It's getting a,
1: ready and putting that full face on yeah. and everything, it takes uh, it's yeah. a while. It's I a lot. It. But, like,
3: but, that, but it's so centering that time mm-hmm. to have that before you go out, and then you can really, like, you have that anchor of mm-hmm. when you're, like, nervous and, like, about to go on and stuff that you can sort of send yourself back there to that, like, centered, mm-hmm. like, private space of, like, mm-hmm. the makeup and, like, the mirror and everything. I think it's really... that Without that, we probably would be a lot more nervous and, like, a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well... So, um, on your Instagram, you all like always wear the most beautiful clothing and like lingerie and everything. So like, can you talk a little bit about, um, just like your favorite pieces and how you go about picking stuff and like about like your love of like really beautiful, like elegant, like and exquisite too exquisite, like,
4: um, clothing and stuff like that. <laughs> Well, we both love fashion, but we really love, like, thrifting, as we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, so we love, our like, that's another sort of ritual. Our rituals are more, like, beforehand. Yes. That's, like, where we do our sorcery is just, yeah. like, in the, like, in the practice, in the thrifting, that's just, mm-hmm. like, part of what we do. Um, we love to go to the thrift store and find pieces that like either match or are a label because we're big label whores um or are just like vintage showgirl (laughs) pieces just like obviously like sparkly Mm -hmm. rhinestone things really are important to us
3: yeah and i think we um we like sort of for a while when we first started developing like this drag persona of sateen we had really played around with a lot of aesthetics and, like, mm-hmm. did a lot of more, like, clubby kind of, like, just yeah. weird makeup and, yeah. like, crazy looks and, like, yeah, yeah. you know, glitter all over our faces. And, like, you know, we love those looks and, like, especially Queenie really looked good back <laughs> then. I didn't look yeah. as good, but she, she looked great. So um, but we sort of, like, really, from that, we <laughs> grew, like, into this more glamour look that yeah. I think we identify with a little more, we feel a little more like ourselves doing that yeah. than necessarily the clubby like really like wild colored makeup and stuff. Like mm-hmm. now it's much more about like a classic beauty and like taking and I think a lot of that actually comes from the older way that drag queens did their makeup and mm-hmm. their hair and all those things. It's not it hasn't evolved out of drag. It's just a different less like it's a less currently popular form of drag i think but Mm -hmm. um yeah again like if you go back and you look at some of the queens the trans drag queens from the 90s 80s 70s they were all serving this glamour that was just like out Mm -hmm. of this world
4: one is such a timeless look too it is yeah
3: and that's the that's the thing you know (laughs) it's just like
4: we want everything we do to be timeless we want just, like, our look to be mm-hmm. timeless. We want to sound timeless. Yes. Because, like, we are, we, I feel like we're aware of our place in in history, and, like, and we honor the, like, the goddesses before us. Yes. And, like, I feel like it's such a big part of what we do and just the way we dress. Mm-hmm. Like, just carries it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And just paying homage to, like, those who came before us and showing them that, like, yes, this, like, your work and your look and everything, like, everything about it is timeless and it keeps going, like, no matter how far we go along in years. Like, it's it's still there.
4: That's our, like, yes. that's our main focus yeah. with music. Yes. Is, like, we have so, we both love everything from, like, 90s R&B mm-hmm. to, like, like sixties bossa nova music Ooh, to nice. like we we love all June kinds Christie, of music like, to, like jazz jazz yeah. that are like
3: c- kind of corny but then we also like really <laughs> Michael McLaren yeah. like we just
4: like our references are literally all across the board so like no matter what if we're gonna like like our last record was more like funk and like disco, disco mm. and like nineties house like bass. Now this next one is more like, like later '90s, <laughs> like Kylie Minogue or Madonna, yeah, oh more
3: God. somber, but like also yes, dancey. Kyle
4: and then like some Annie Lennox mixed in, oh. like we just like. But we always want it to be like, when is this song from? It, mm-hmm. it can be from now, like because it's really easy with with music software to sound like dated or like to timestamp your music where when you're using the same soft synth as yeah. everyone else at the time, mm-hmm. you know? Like you, can and you don't
3: like, and you don't think of that as you're doing it. You're just like, "Oh, that sounds good." But then in 5 years you go back and listen to like one of those Madonna, like the Madonna Ray of Light or something like that and like it sounds amazing. Don't get I mean, I love But you just hear fun. the 90s You down. hear that on yes. every record from yeah. that year the same keyboards, the same kind of, and it's just like we're just very conscientious of those kinds of decisions. Which is why we
4: what we do is very like we still are very sample based right. and like our biggest inspiration probably is D Light, Who like right. if you listen to their music, it sounds so timeless you just like it just yes, is the I'm most curious. rich, like Uplifting sound and that mm-hmm. it, still, yeah.
3: sounds it, it still, still sounds new. It still sounds like nothing else has really yeah, happened.
4: Nothing Like else. try to name someone else like D you can't. No. I'm trying. No. <laughs>
1: There's no one.
3: <laughs> but um but yeah, and I think with our clothing it's very much it's the same thing where we're just trying to find certain references and how can we connect the dots between those references and what we're doing now it's all i mean nothing is original nothing is new Mm -hmm. we're all just trying new combinations yeah Yeah. 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 what works for you what Mm -hmm. makes you feel good Uh so that then you can take that to the new place and that and that's what i think we go for
4: and i think it's really important since nothing is original just to remember where you got, like, where you got your inspiration from and to really pay pay homage to that. Call those people up by names.
3: These people inspired me.
4: Like, obviously, everyone's inspired by black culture, Mm -hmm. but, like, I, I really wanted to, like, make it clear that, like, Yes, my favorite singers are black women, yes. and it's Black History Month, so I'm gonna name you all of my favorite, yes. all of my favorite house divas. Because mm-hmm. like, have you ever heard of Dajae? Probably not. If you're mm-hmm. like, you know, following us, so like, I want you to know. Yeah. And I want you to go back and listen to their records and like get the life that I got. Yes. yes, of course.
0: That's beautiful. That's so important. And like you said, when you go to replenish your energy, it's like all about that history and like mm-hmm. watching those documentaries and really like recognizing that that then gives you inspiration to keep going because like we get to witness the people that came before us and how they created and the processes they went through and it's like
3: and it's a well that never dries up when you think you know everything then your mind gets blown literally that's when your mind gets the most blown and we're like (laughs) okay "Okay, shit i thought (laughs) i I was a little smarty pants (laughs) i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So you have some exciting news coming up this spring and summer. Can you tell us a little bit about... Them. Yes. Little we, um yes well that you're going on tour with yeah
3: so for the past um it's been a little over a year now that we've been um, sort of performing outside of New York more mm-hmm. little by little uh, we played
4: organically yeah
3: we yes. played like in Miami and Ooh. Baltimore and uh, like upstate New York and because
4: mm-hmm. it's important to note that we are completely 100 percent independent yeah we are not signed we don't have a booking agent we don't have a manager. So everything we do is like us.
3: Ourselves. If you try to yeah. book us, you're gonna talk to one of us. Right. You're that's never gonna talk. Enough. Um but so anyway, we've been sort of crawling into that I'm trying to
4: because we want to that's out. our goal is yeah. to like be performing on a large scale to lots of people okay. all over the world. Just like sharing the the energy and the love. Yeah. And like we want ever my my dream is to have a giant audience and for everyone to, like, create a runway with their bodies and for everyone to give a love, just, like, a jo- on a massive scale. Oh my, like, God. my like, yes. I have dreams about it. Yes.
3: Um, but so, anyway, so we're going to um, take the next step, which is try to assemble a small tour. It's kind of like mm-hmm. just dipping our toes in to hitting the road. Again, we mentioned it's, like, a lot for us to get ready. So it's not a small feat for us to go on the road. But um, we are, so this spring, starting on May 16th, we're gonna have a little mini tour with a few dates with um, another artist named Zosa who we performed with and she's a friend, she's just super talented and we're really glad that she can join us and it can be like a um, female-centric kind of concert where you come out and you see, a good representation of that.
4: Of women who are not only there making, performing the music for you, but mm-hmm. whose hands created the music. Yeah. Like, Zosa makes all her music exquisite. Miss Ruby makes all of our music. So, like, all the music is female created it's like you know there's not a man a white guy producing which
3: is which you would think like oh well whatever but like no it's kind of important because i think when you do think of strong female artists who are in the spotlight now the truth is that their voice is a small portion of what you're hearing you're hearing probably dozens of male yeah. Uh, in, who
0: edited their lyrics? Who like, the, yes, They them. tell them what to sing. <laughs> they they to change like Why don't
3: you sing it this right. way? Like, oh, we don't like we you don't doing like this her. image or this yeah. or that. And yeah. that's and that and that's the kind of thing that you can't when you're seeing somebody, you know, like Alana Del Rey or something. And no problem with her, She's fierce as hell. But like, when you when you think of that, you don't think like oh, like, this is just, like, a product that, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of men created in this room, nice. you think, like, oh, she's a fierce female artist, exactly. like, and, like, that's great, and, like, for mm-hmm. a lot of younger kids, they definitely need that, and, like, I'm so all for that, yes. but the tea is that, like, when you come see sateen, it's a different vibe, because there were no men ever involved in it, and that, and I think you can feel that, you feel yes. that energy, and the the audience that does come is mostly femmes, and when and they you come, feel that energy. they feel that energy with each other. And when you look around the room, it and like I think a safe space is kind of like again that's like a problematic thing to think of. Mm-hmm. So we think of it as like a safe oriented space right. yes. more, where it's like the idea is that you're coming here and you can look how you want to look, and you're not going to be judged for that, even though it's just another concert. Right. And I think that's where we really, it's something different. Because yeah. when you go to a, a queer club, that's a given. Like, you can come look crazy. And, yes. But when you go to a concert, it's not, that energy not is obvious. not, it's not on the it's table. Not no, it's not right. on the table. So you we have try to, to capture
4: what we, like, took from working in nightlife, working for icons like Susan and mm-hmm. Barge for years, mm-hmm. like, and sort of bring that into what we do in a concert setting. So so we're going to be on tour yes. in May with Zosa. So starting
3: in, on May 16th with Zosa, we're going to do a show in, in New York. So if you're in New York, check that out, come through. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at, a little... At a House of Yes. Yeah, a little over a week later at uh, a, a, a DIY space. It's like a queer DIY space in Philadelphia. Yes. Called Lacquer on May twenty sixth. Oh. That's gonna be really cute. I don't wanna blow their spot up, but they they <laughs> tr- sort of told us what oh, they're I planning and it's gonna be epic. I think <laughs> if you are in Philly and you're hearing this, we're
1: going to Philly. You need to, to make it. your plans because we'll be there. <laughs> it's
3: it's I mean from what I've heard, there's a good chance it's gonna be pretty packed yeah. and you might wanna get there a little early, just saying. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so then right after that, we're going to hit the road and we're going up to um, Providence Mm -hmm. and we're going to perform at a venue called Alchemy and that's going to be another uh, like queer showcase kind of situation with some other, um, you know, non-binary identifying, uh, gender non-conforming identifying artists yeah, which we love and again you know bringing that safe oriented space with us um and then we're gonna play a couple days after that on may 31st in cambridge mass at a place called zoo and that's just like a little venue with just us and zosa i think for that gig nice. so it'll be cute yeah, so, so if you're in the northeast yeah. Um, even if you have to travel a little
2: bit,
3: come check it out because I mean, we, we want to come play for everybody and everybody's like, come to my town, come to my town. But we're like, it's so hard for us to Mm -hmm. get a gig anywhere. Like the amount of work I have to personally do to make these shows happen is like crazy. So, um, so yeah, I think we're probably not going to be back in those places for a little while. So if you do have a chance and you're free, don't just be like, "Oh, like I, I feel like off today," or like right. I don't feel like going yeah. out tonight. Like just do it. Trust just, me. Yeah, come through. It's, be fun. it's gonna be fun. Your mood's gonna change. Like
4: it's gonna be worth it. We, we always can... give it to you live. We always do that.
3: And that's the <laughs> and that's the one thing with us. I think that we always think is like we know we can deliver in yeah. that regard.
4: We've just yeah. been do We've we always talk about this to like friends, but we've been through so many shitty situations like trying to perform live like we've been through multiple occasions of people unplugging our music while we perform so like we we feel like we can pretty much handle it anything. Yeah. People have done
1: what? They've unplugged? They, yeah. yeah. Why? Because yeah. they pissed?
3: Or well, it's they... like if another performer is going and they're like trying to set their things up and like... <laughs> While you are performing. Yeah, I mean it's like an quote-unquote accident but like how uh, does sure, like, an accident sure. like that happen twice? Sure. Anyway... Um, but that's happened, and it has been an accident. People yeah, have, like, kicked yeah. wires out yeah. of things because, you know, we're performing yeah. on the floor, yeah, in the middle we, of the crowd, and we love that. In a lot right? of
4: spaces that aren't geared for, like, live and, music. And, and okay. honestly, yeah. and that's
3: we... That's
1: what happens, now, like, in a lot of DIY spaces. Sometimes it's hard to, like...
3: Exactly.
1: ...gather the yeah.
3: so, we've, so
4: we've been but, through a lot, so no, we feel yeah. like we can, like, do yeah, a yeah. lot and now.
3: And yes. this is what I'll say, is that we never were like, that shouldn't happen to us. We're like, what can we do so that that can't happen to yes. us like yes. we built we built our performance mm-hmm. so that it's pretty like we have a lot of armor around it you can't yes. you can't fuck with us it. anymore yes. you could
2: don't fuck fu- with them
3: but yeah now we're like now we run the show yes. and it's it's definitely a different vibe so uh.
4: And we'll also be performing in um Portland. In Portland for Portland Pride. In yeah. On June,
3: yeah. June that's so... that's
4: super special.
3: On June sixteenth. We're so excited because we've neither of us have ever even been to Portland. So we're like, oh
0: I can't wait to go.
3: Yay. I wanted to go for years. Wait,
0: Portland Maine or Portland.
3: Oregon
1: Oregon. yeah important yeah Yeah, I've never been to Portland Oregon either I have a friend that was there I've heard it's just amazing it's it's, it's like this beautiful mystical place especially like when you go hiking and stuff it's just really pretty it's like if you've
0: ever wondered if fairies were real You go to Portland and you're and like, you're like yep,
3: fairies definitely.
0: are real and this is where they live and it's like yes I'm
1: <laughs> I'm one of them <laughs> that's what I think I'm like I want to go there
3: because
0: I'm a little fairy. Wait, actually, <laughs> y'all need to do because I live for your photos. Y'all need to do a photo shoot like in the woods when you're in Portland.
4: Oh my god. That yeah, like, sounds lovely, but I day. doubt it will like, happen, girl. That would be so <laughs> beautiful. Yes. Ooh,
0: yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's so beautiful and like there's like moss dripping off of trees. Oh my god. It's really beautiful.
2: Yeah. We're excited.
3: We definitely. And, like, I feel like a lot of our people are, like, over there. And, like, San Francisco, mm. too. We want to go so bad.
4: We're trying to, like, while we're there, like, oof, book some, down. like, adjacent sort of gigs. Yeah. yes, yeah. So
3: it's, there might be an update, an addendum yeah, to this. Yeah. Like Let's hope. To, like, <laughs> if not, store, then
4: yeah, it's
3: God yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, especially like like Oakland's nice for that. Like I
3: like the oh, music Yeah, together. and we and there are artists that we really like. I don't know if y'all know Amorasu, but like oh, she's based so. there, oh and she's like we we would go there just to perform with her. Yeah. She's amazing. She's uh, another trans artist and is really. So talented. I mean, that's <laughs> that's voice. irrelevant. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, we just left. Like, so good. It's
4: Part of, like, us loving herstory, but just, like, also knowing the people who are making herstory now, like, us, me, especially, like, being in a, in, like, a lifelong relationship with a trans woman, it's, like, really important for me as a cis woman to, like, connect to, like, trans herstory and, like, and, like, to know who else is doing it now, like, because there's so many girls out there. Who are like doing the sh- like yeah. just like doing it and like mm-hmm. such good performers, so talented, and people like should know about them. Yes. Yeah,
0: always. absolutely, I love always shining the light and uplifting as we as we grow. And I think that's so important is like mm-hmm. as we grow and like as you all grow and like continue to build your platform, like that we can also bring up all Share it. other performers and like this. Sh- I love that like community shout-outs to like people that we respect and love. And well, thank you so much this one's really beautiful thank you <laughs>
2: thank
0: you do you have anything else you want to share I always just let let people know if there's anything else any other tidbits that we missed I don't think so okay, think okay.
4: oh yeah we wanted to share that for people who are fans of our music mm-hmm. we are working on some new songs so keep a lookout sometime Yay. in later in 2018 um for another EP it,
3: it probably will be this summer so again Ooh, summer's going to be cute y'all are a really summer i i think that what we want to do is we you know we've been sort of like chilling a little bit more i had my ffs mm-hmm. last uh, fall and so we had to take a big hiatus yeah. um and we've sort of th- we never stopped working but it's definitely been less like content forward yeah. so i think we are gonna we've been regrouping we're yeah. working on a little bit we're working on a finer things music video right now okay. um and that'll be out soon Beautiful. but then we're gonna hopefully we'll have another ep this summer with a cluster of music videos we're yeah. hoping so lots I'm of excited. visual content so cool. lots That's of music thing. content yeah. um so please yeah definitely keep a
4: lookout look
3: lookout.
0: And what's your handle, just in case people, like, don't follow you already?
4: Our handle is at Sateen Music, and that's S-A-T-E-E-N. Music. Music. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for having you. us. Oh.
2: Such a pleasure. Oh, my
1: gosh. So great.